coaches. Welcome to Bravo and Please, where we're going to get lit off all the latest going on in the Bravo TV world. This is a safe and uncensored space to discuss our love for everything pop culture and 420 related. So grab your can of goodies and let's get lit. Yes, we're live. Hello. Happy Friday, everyone. Ugh, I'm so glad this week is over. I'm your girl, Jenny Blaze. We are live every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook with replays and the audio podcasts available on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Yes, Grace just joined us over on YouTube. We have a live interactive chat and I have slides, which is even better, even more reason to come join us on YouTube. We are here to bring you all the latest in Bravo, pop culture, and weed news. However, let me just give a disclaimer that this is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Right, Luann? If you um, are listening and you decide to join us, you'll see that Luann is always on this show every week. She's right here. She's like my sidekick. She's my sidekick. Okay. The Countess. Just playing. All right. So you may have noticed I have new glasses. I feel like a whole new woman. I was just telling um, the people on Instagram, I needed new glasses so bad my glasses that I had left because I haven't gone to the eye doctor or anything in like years years like maybe a decade I don't even know but my glasses that were hanging on by a thread were my bougie Chanel glasses that I got before having children like you know that that Instagram reel video that's like it's giving I have no kids like that was used to be my life my bougie glasses so now I have toddlers coming after me trying to grab my glasses and I was like you know what I gotta get like the cheapest kind because these could break they've already put their paws on everything so lucky for me I found um this place online and if you're interested there's a link in the show notes you can get ten dollars off and 15 percent off plus free shipping or 30 percent off frames plus 50% off lenses on designer brands. I got two pair. The other ones. Doo, doo, doo. These are cute. I'll wear them another time. But I thought these ones are cool because, like, they're Bravo and Blaze red. Like, very bright. And they just, like, go. Right? Anyways. I, I'm digging them. I like them. My 13-year-old said, please don't ever wear those when you come pick me up. And I thought that was rude AF. Anyways, let's move on with today's show. <laughs> okay, for today's episode, we will be going through all the newest shows that have aired on Bravo. For this week, we have Real Housewives of Potomac, the finale. Oh my gosh, what a season. We have Family Karma, Below Deck, the premiere of Real Housewives of New Jersey, and the premiere of Vanderpump Rules. With DJ James Kennedy. I'm like, I just love him. 
And we also have Real Housewives of Miami, as well as Million Dollar Listing. I have a little bit of pop culture news today and a little bit of 420 news. But before we move on to that, I just want to remind everyone um, to please subscribe and turn on notifications. Like I said, we're live every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't worry if you miss a live show. You can always watch the replay or listen to the audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Subscribing, reviewing, sharing, liking, and or leaving a five-star rating is incredibly appreciated and helps this show to continue to grow. Also, don't forget our social media handle is at Bravo and Blaze on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, even on Twitch. Um, but I'm most active on Instagram and Twitter. So you can always hit me up there. And as you know, bravoandblaze.com is where you can get all your fun Bravo-inspired merch and products from your fave shows. I got the uh, Grandfather MFR mug right here. Holla if you hear me. If you know who this is referring to leave a put it in the comments i want to see how many people know you're gonna go with who after grandfather big difference between who after grandfather versus grandfather m effer and everyone just kept saying like i'm like why do they keep saying grandfather m effer i don't understand so then this was born. Look at matching. Bravo and Blaze red all over the place. Anyways, go hit up bravoandblaze.com. Um, and there's a link to buy as well in the show notes. Okay. Also, if you're a can mom like myself, got a little noob right here. Ready for later. Actually, I got two. It's for later. But if you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to break the stigma of cannabis consumption and you want to thrive outside of the corporate world, making money for yourself, please make sure you check out my other podcast, Cannabis Mom Boss, where I share stories of my life as a mom, cannabis advocate and entrepreneur, but also lessons I've learned along the way about self-care, personal development, entrepreneurship, business, investments, and just life in general. The mission of Cannabis Mom Boss is to empower others to safely, responsibly, and confidently come out of the green closet to modernize the perception of today's cannabis consumers, as well as provide the resources and tools you need to achieve results. Results-driven. High-performance delivered. That was one of our taglines with my uh, the first consulting firm that I worked for back in the day. Um, and if you're new here, this is where I usually give my quick background that I am a former corporate IT consultant. I ran and scaled an eight-figure business to a nine-figure business. My last role, strategy management and technical consulting are my areas of expertise. But instead of doing that for the world's largest global consulting firms and Fortune 500 businesses, I am now bringing those skills and resources to you all, to my fellow moms, You don't have to be a mom. You don't have to use cannabis. You just have to be 420 friendly pretty much and want to make it happen. I'm trying not to swear. My mother was like, Jenny Pa, I like your show, but you swear too much. 
I can't really do her accent that well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I was like, that's part of my personality, Mom. She's like, oh, no, no, no. No, no. It's too much. Too much. So, I'm trying to scale back on that. But anyways, I don't even know where I left off. Um, let's see. Yes, I am here to help moms to create their own unique career path by creating an online business that is both passion-filled and purpose-driven. Like I said, you don't have to be a mom or a cannabis consumer um, because we support everyone, unlike Bethany, who we know doesn't support other women. But Cannabis Mom Boss is live on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern here on the same YouTube channel which is also available for replay if you miss a live stream. If you're a podcast listener, you are in luck because Cannabis Mom Boss is available on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Yesterday's show, I answered three questions that I got around scaling a business online. What products do I sell? Where is the best place to have an online shop? I mean, so many places. There's so many options. Um, and how do I find sponsorship? Those are all great questions, but they're also very loaded questions. So I tried my best to give as much information as I could in as much time as I had. I just listened to um, a TED Talk audiobook, and it said that 18 minutes was the like perfect TED Talk amount of time. I was like, I cannot talk about anything in just 18 minutes. I'll. <laughs> I don't know if that's for me, but. I just wanted to re um, remind you all that we have the Cannabis Mom Boss Manifestation Framework available. This crash course gives you a glimpse into all the tools and strategies I've taken from my formal education, professional experience, and personal successes that have proven to give results. I have not only implemented this in my own personal life for success, but these are the same strategies, tools, and techniques that Fortune 500 and top global consulting firms have been using for decades, running multi-million and billion dollar businesses. Like I mentioned, I already mentioned my last role. Um, to be honest, like the business part has always been very, like not easy, but it's been not as, uh, as much of a struggle, I guess. It's more like the personal transformations in my life that were the most difficult. I, um, at one point, lost 100 pounds, over 100 pounds after my first child. Having that kind of weight transformation, if any of you have ever had that much <laughs> of a difference, it's like it really opens your eyes to so many things. But um, I've done that before. I also, there was a point in my life where I was in a not so great situation financially. I thought I was going to have to file for bankruptcy. And lucky, luckily for me, I was able to get out of, not only get out of debt, but I was able to triple my salary and was able to save up a nest egg for my next investment all within a three year time span. So I know that if I can do these things, then I can help others do the same. And I've helped run nine-figure businesses. So what? Like it's hard? I feel like people used to look at me like in Elwoods in my old corporate days. I couldn't be myself. And I always loved that Elwoods could just be herself. And so now I'm trying to live that life out. But anyways...
I'm going to move on. Um, also, I have coaching and consulting services available as well. If you want one-on-one, um, if you want to work with me one-on-one, but also I have pre-enrollment available for the Top 100 Charting Podcast Academy. If you've been following along on the Bravo and Blaze journey, you know that last year I started this podcast the first week of January 2022. And my promise to myself was I'm going to do one week or one episode a week and just keep my head down and do that, do my best and try to hone my skills. If you go back to my first episode ever, it was only audio. I didn't have all this video and visuals and stuff like that at that time. But we've continued to grow. And within less than four months, Bravo and Blaze reached number eight in the top 100 indie TV reviews charts. So... Like I said, if I could do these things, I know that anyone else can. I There's nothing like crazy that I did. There's no secret. I'm not trying to like hoard information. I'm an ex-information technology consultant. Communicating and giving information is like fun for me. Anyways, okay, so I'm going to move on to Bravo and Blaze and 420 News. Okay. Oh, wait. Shoot, I forgot to include, I have a shout out um, to Bravo Mafioso on Twitter who asked to do an article on me and that was posted this week. So there's a link in the show notes. I thought that was so nice. So shout out and thank you so much for um, interviewing me. That's so nice. Um, So moving on to 420 News, I don't have like huge 420 News as far as like cannabis goes. Um, but I did want to mention these two posts that I saw on Instagram this week. So the first one is from Washington Post, and it says, Moms are microdosing mushrooms for anxiety and depression. The other post is from Psych Spotlight, and it says, Virginia Senate approves psilocybin rescheduling bill. This is amazing. And I know that, like, I started as a cannabis advocate, but really the cannabis advocacy came from a place of being a... Uh, like a person who believes in natural health and wellness. I mean, I don't like, I'm not like super crunchy or granola in that way. Like I believe in modern medicine as well. But I mean, like my philosophy, my health and wellness philosophy would be, you know, like I like to go natural first. And if that doesn't work, then we (laughs) explore other avenues. But I love that, you know, cannabis is natural, obviously. And so are mushrooms. And there's more and more studies that are showing that mushrooms, uh, magic mushrooms or psilocybin, um, are able to be treated or used to treat depression and anxiety. And in this Washington Post um, article, they were talking about birth trauma. And I like, I've been reading about shrooms and all that stuff, you know, for a while and how it treats depression and things like that. But I didn't even think about this term like birth trauma um because I think I have that I think I'm self-diagnosing myself as having birth trauma and at first I was like birth trauma that sounds like you had some trauma when you were born that like caused something but I guess it there in this context they meant like birth trauma after you have a like going through giving birth is traumatic and I felt that way (laughs) after my first child. And I remember like, because I was one of the first people in, 
out of my friend group, like around my same age, who had a baby. And I was like, guys, this is not what they say it is. (laughs) I don't mean to scare anyone if you're pregnant now or planning on getting pregnant, but I didn't know that you could be so traumatized from giving birth. And I am one of those people. And I just love this article because um, they gave four things that they recommend if you're considering this type of treatment. The first one is educate yourself about the research, obviously. And also, I have a link to this um, article in the show notes if you want to go read it more thoroughly. But the second thing is go through a medical evaluation. Obviously, I think that's very important. Third, find ethical sources of psychedelics. You don't want to just like, you know not know where you're getting your product from. I feel that same way about anything, like literally anything, your food, your weed. I want to know where it's coming from. Um, And number four, get support in preparation and integration. I love this article. I love that the Washington Post is the one who, like, that's the source. Because obviously, like, Psych Spotlight is going to talk about these things all the time, but it's nice to see a more mainstream um, media source dive into that as well. So cool, cool, cool. Let's move on to pop culture news. Okay. I don't have a ton compared to last week at least, but um, one. Okay. I watched Pamela, A Love Story on Netflix and... It's just like, it's so sad that like we live through these decades of women being abused, blatantly being abused, and we all just like watched and no one did anything. And like the Me Too movement has forced people to start taking accountability. And even though I'm sure there's, a lot of incidents of, you know, sexual assault or harassment and things like that that still goes under the radar. Like, we're coming to this point where people are starting to speak out and we have more outlets to tell our stories. And so I thought it was super brave of Pam Anderson doing this documentary and I'm angry for her on behalf of women and I hope that she has the comeback in all of her story. Okay? Yeah, I said her story. Um, I'm rooting for Pam Anderson. And I want to say, um, I never watched her video either. And I never really wanted to. Like, obviously, she's hot. And, like, people say, you know, like, Tommy has a big D or whatever. But, like... I never really wanted to watch it because I do remember them being so public about like this was stolen from us and they were one of the first people like that really this happened to like Pam Anderson walked so Kim Kardashian could run like Pam Anderson should have a skims empire just saying um so I hope I'm rooting for Pam Anderson you should all be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Sorry, I don't mean to judge, but um, okay, moving on. 
Oh, I it made me cry. And actually, my husband was like, oh, my gosh, he actually felt some he was touched by it. So I was like, OK, this is good. <laughs> also, I just want to give a shout out to Pam Anderson. One, I would watch her pack for a trip, pack her suitcases all day, every day. The, this woman is I love her. Second. She wrote down everything. She was, and I, I am so for this. If you are not somebody who keeps like a journal or I do everything on my phone on Evernote because I don't want like paper and books and stuff around. Like I, I like things electronic and I'm a data hoarder. So like that's just how it goes. But if you don't do this, like I highly recommend that you do, even if it's just, just start with one or two sentences a day or whenever you can. Like it really is so it's very interesting to go back and see um, how things play out. And I, again, it's like the study of psychology, sociology, human behavior. That's what we're all doing, watching reality TV, right? Like at least I am a little bit. Um, okay. Oh, and one part she did say she was like, one of my boyfriends, he like was definitely cheating on me and I thought it was suspicious. So I wrote washing penis in the sink. Suspicious. Like she's so funny and so cute. All right, moving on. I was super disappointed with this slide because I found a GIF that would, that was actually animated and they were, it showed Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck at the Grammys dancing. Oh my God. I didn't watch the Grammys, but I, this, what is up with Ben Affleck? Okay, this guy, like he just he doesn't even try, I feel like. He he does not give a f. But um I really want Benifer to have like a reality show. I would die to see. I might pay for that actually. I hope they get a reality show. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they could if they wanted to. And he's probably like, hell no. But so I saw somewhere this week that someone did a tour of their new home and it had a movie theater where all their movies, movie posters were hanging up. And um, it was like a little scandalous because someone was like, oh, they even have Mark Anthony's or whatever. I was like, what? <gasps> this is, I don't know. I think it's just funny. Um, anyways, okay, so... Oh, and then somebody, oh my God, sorry, my music just turned on, that was really scary. Okay, whew, sorry about that. Okay, let me get back on track. So, Benifer, they were sitting next to, I think, Trevor Noah when he was, like, hosting or whatever, and... You couldn't hear them, but somebody, like, read their lips. And I guess Jennifer said to Ben, like, stop, look more friendly, look motivated. And his response was, I might. And I just, like, find that so hilarious. I don't know why. They're, like, so interesting to watch. Um, okay, and then real quick in pop culture, I was listening to the Fugees this week and – I was listening to Killing Me Softly and Ready or Not. And I've always loved Ready or Not way more. And I always thought it was weird that people like Killing Me Softly was such a bigger song. So I just did a poll and 
y'all really love killing me softly more. And so I was like, what? I was like getting upset about it. I was like, I don't understand why. And so, and then I go, you know what? In my mind, I think I didn't like it as much because Killing Me Softly is like a remade song, right? And I'm like, so points off, because it's all subjective, points off for the unoriginal part. But then I Googled it and Ready or Not has a sample from an Enya song that do-do-do, you know, that where it like echoes from one side to the other. That was taken from Enya's song, and there even was a lawsuit that the person from Enya lost. Fuji's won, and they got away with it. So then I was like, oh, my God, I feel, like, weird about it now. I don't know if I still love it the same. I do enjoy listening to it, but whatever. I love doing polls, so I have two more polls in today's episode. But we're going to move on to Bravo World News meaning things that are going on in the Bravo world, but not, you know, directly in the shows that we're going to go over today. So first thing, oh my gosh, we talked about this last week and shout out to Bravo Breaking News and, oh God, I'm going to mess this up. And uh, Paul Nome Digas? Wait. And uh, Paul Nome Digas? What does that mean? That's Spanish for something. Anyways, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so we know that Brandy got sent home by production from Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip season four in Marrakesh, um, because she did something to Caroline Manzo, allegedly, and production sent her home. Then Caroline decided to leave on her own accord after that. And we come to find out this um, post from Bravo Breaking News says Peacock releases statement after R.H.U.G.T. incident with Brandy Glanville and Caroline Manzo. I read it days ago, so I don't remember exactly what it said, but I think it was along the lines of like, we have to put our safety, you know, our cast safety first. And then Brandy, I guess, was like not true or something. She didn't she didn't release like an official statement. Caroline Manzo hasn't spoken up. Um, but then page six posted that Brandy Glanville touched Caroline Manzo's quote unquote vaginal area while filming. So this is so, so embarrassing. And shoot, I wanted to give a shout out to, um, the Bravo chicks on Instagram because they posted a reel of Bethany commenting on this situation and saying how, Bravo, you know, exploits women and, you know, did in a very Bethany way where she said, I'm qualified because I've been on the show or whatever. Um, So I just made a long comment. I was like, enough is enough. I had a comment on it. And I just said something along the lines of like, to be honest, this is more embarrassing for from Bravo's standpoint than Brandy's like we know how Brandy is we could have told Bravo that this was probably going to happen and especially like Bravo has a responsibility they need to tighten up their ship it's embarrassing from like um from a professional stand like professionalism it's just poor work ethic like you should be there should be a set of standard like a protocol, a playbook, whatever you want to call it. I like to use WWE as an example because it's very 
crystal clear. Like there's things you can and can't do on social media. There's things you can and can't say, you know, like live on TV. They have their storylines like vetted out and things like that. So there's more and and that's they do that for the safety of everyone cuz don't forget what WWE is doing is they're wrestling. They're actually like, you know, pretend like fighting each other. They're there's they can get hurt, but they do it in a way that's like it's more of a performance and we know that. Hopefully we all know that. Um but I was just in my opinion, I feel like Bravo needs to tighten up their ship because this is embarrassing. And now I fear that the entire season of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip season four may be scrapped. So if that's the case, don't blame, don't blame Brandy. I mean, it is she should not have done this, obviously. But also, I think Bravo's to blame as well. Sorry, I said it. Okay, and move on. Okay, some Salt Lake City, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City updates. Heather is doing so much this week, and I know why. It's because of her effing book, um, which I refuse to buy, and I will judge anyone who does buy it. I'm just kidding. I won't judge you, but maybe a little bit. Um, Shout out to the Bravo Chicks and Blonde Hair, Black Heart. So... This week, Heather's, like, you know, really pushing her her book or whatever, and we get, like, a statement to on Us Weekly, according to the Bravo, chi- the Bravo Chicks, you know, Heather Gay says she's no longer Jen Shaw's ride-or-die friend. Quote-unquote, my focus is on the victims. Like, B, where you been? Where have you been? You're just all of a sudden saying this now? This is so opportunistic. It's the week that Jen's getting sent away, which is tomorrow. She took this opportunity. It's so calculated. It's oh, bad Heather. Bad, bad Heather. And also, according to Blonde Hair, Black Heart, um, Heather Gay's sister posted something about, wait, I think this is her. Let me, I'll just read it. Stop waiting for Heather until she has a use for you. She has no use for you. Believe me, I know. I waited 20 plus years for her, only to be used for a storyline and veil. She hasn't spoken to me since the day we filmed, and I consider it to be the last conversation we will ever have. It was nice to meet you in Vail. Sorry that you finally saw the real Heather. Who? Bring her on as a housewife. Kick bad Heather out. Fling. Pew, pew. Also... I want to remind you all that I interviewed Marilla Bueno, who a lot of people think is just Jen Shaw's assistant. And to be honest, like I, I think that's how we were introduced to him because on season one, they put his name in there. Like they were gonna, it seemed like they were going to have him on the show or something, but um, then they like totally flipped that. And we find out that, he used to be Heather's former employee and made it sound like he, like she had to fire him and all this, like making him sound so awful, you know? And then, um, so then I interviewed him back in April of last year during the filming of season three. And he gave information about Heather and Jen that will make you think way differently about Heather. And I'll just say, I think Heather could be worse than Jen Shaw. 
just bringing that out there. You know, it's just my opinion. Don't come after me. <laughs> but I have the link to this interview in the show notes. Go check it out if you're interested. If you really want to know the truth, you will all see the truth. Okay. Moving on. Wow, we're 32 minutes in already? Um, okay, so the Southern Hospitality just finished their first season. It's one of the best new Bravo shows that we have. Um, and I predicted, I have this on, it's been recorded on film. Do people say that anymore, film? Um, I manifested that they're going to, everyone from this cast is going to have huge, huge, huge success. And already... Grace Lily has a song out called Wavy Baby, and I listen to it, and I love it. And uh, shout out to Southern Hospitality Bravo on Instagram, because that's where I found out about it. Also, shameless plug, I got to interview TJ Dinch from the cast. The link to that sh- that interview is in the show notes as well. But go check out her song. I love it. And I love Grace Lily. Okay. Oh my gosh. This next thing creeps me out. So Below Deck Adventure is done. Just finished its first season. I kept saying, I was very vocal about how Captain Carey is like my new favorite captain. I've been worried about Captain Lee, his health. You know, like I, it scares me that he's on, you know, on this big boat in this condition where he's like in pain and stuff. So And I just predicted all these good things about Southern Hospitality. I may be a witch, guys, okay? And I'll tell you why I think I may be a witch. I love Captain Carey, connected with him, sent him a Bravo and Blaze Boat Daddy hat. Remember boat the Boat Daddy hat originated from Eddie calling Captain Lee his Boat Daddy. So I've had that Boat Daddy hat on the shop since then and then captain carrie comes on i'm like oh my god this guy is awesome i sent him boat daddy hats he posted it and then one week later below deck sailing and tv deets on instagram posted captain lee exits below deck ahead of season 11 with adventures captain carrie set as replacement exclusive details am i a witch I think I might be a witch. I did this, guys, I think. (laughs) I, maybe, is this a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a good thing. I think Captain Lee still has, um, you know, a lot to look forward to off of the boats. And I'm looking forward to, I know he has like a show coming up soon. So let's all look at this as a positive thing because this is, it's bittersweet. I'm sad. I'm sad. But also, let's move on to um, real shout out to Real Housewives of Dubai Bravo on Instagram, who posted um, that the ladies of Dubai are filming. And surprise to me, I so I guess this is kind of confirming that Lisa Milan, Caroline Stanberry, uh, Chanel Ian, Sarah Almadani, and Caroline Brooks are all filming. Yee! We knew that Nina Ali is no longer filming, um, but I guess everyone else is back in. I wonder if they're going to have anyone new. 
Um, but either way, that's exciting because I really love that franchise. And I don't know why people like were not about it before. You need to jump on that if you haven't already. Um, in other news, we got uh, the first seven minutes of Summer House have come out and the premiere is next week. Oh, our Bravo lineup is full. It feels good. All right, let's go into this week's Bravo shows. So first up is we had the finale of Real Housewives of Potomac, Season 7, Episode 17, The Naked Truth. And the episode description is that Ashley lands her dream home, but with a little help, Robin makes an unexpected change to her wedding plans, Giselle reveals her recent health diagnosis to her girls, Karen and Charisse have a showdown at Candace's music video reveal party. Mia confronts Karen with some explosive rumors. <sighs> okay, there's so much going on. First of all, Ashley, why, 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 why? Second of all, I told you so, bra bros. Ashley and Luke are not together. It's confirmed. I won the bet. I have to cash in. If anyone has an idea of what I should be doing for that, I think what we originally said was I was going to ha like have them wear some Bravo and Blaze gear on their show. But I feel like that's we could do better, right? So if you have any ideas, let me know. Um, okay, so obviously that episode had a lot going on. Ashley, WTF. Robin winds up going and getting married in Maryland or whatever. I don't know. I just can't with the Dixons right now. I'm just so glad Juan Dixon is not here right now. Giselle reveals her recent health diagnosis to her girl. So her girls are so funny, but you can tell like, even though they bust on Giselle, obviously they really love her and it's really cute. So... Um, that was nice to see Karen and Truth. Karen is so funny because like she literally her comebacks are usually like powerful but empty. And I'm not mad at her. I'm not trying to throw shade on her because I love Karen Huger, but like she says stuff like, Why are you breathing in my the same air as me? You're talking, but I'm not listening. Goodbye, or whatever. Like, those are all just like things like She's just shutting Sharice down instead of having a conversation. So I just find that interesting. I think it's funny. Um, also, somebody sent me a picture of the alleged blue eyes. Or not, not blue eyes. I think it's the guy that Karen may allegedly be having an affair with who owns some restaurant. I don't know. I don't really care that much. But if... As long as Ray is happy, that's all I care about because I want Ray to live and I have I want Ray to live notebooks and mugs on my shop. I love my I want Ray to live notebook. It's the best size ever. Um, and then, okay, so I don't know why Giselle is pretending to date Jason Cameron because he's my Valentine. Just kidding. Um, I'm married, okay? Don't get any bright ideas. But I do love Jason Cameron and he was my Valentine's Day date virtually. Last year, links in the show notes. I'm trying to get him back on. We'll see. Um, I talked to him today or yesterday. I'm not sure. I talked to him recently. So we'll see. Um, I even posted. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about the Dixons. 
Robin and Juan, I posted a clip this week from now that we know Robin admitted that she knew Juan had an affair before filming. Because I wasn't sure about that. I'm like, did she know? Or like, what the hell is going on here? So she knew. And there's a scene where they're talking in the kitchen. And she's talking about, oh, the prenup, you know, an infidelity clause was brought up. And he's like, Robin, we are not those people. And I'm watching it like, what? What kind of psychopathy am I watching here? Like, you are absolutely those people. This is sick, man. Like, I, it's so crazy to me that I am scared of the Dixons. I find them to be terrifying. To be able to lie like that and to be able to just, like, pretend is, that's scary to me. That is scary. So I wrote a blog post about it <laughs> to talk about it more. Robin was on Watch What Happens Live, and Andy, I heard, like, yelled at Robin. So I don't think that part was on the actual episode, but he did lay into her right away on the episode, like, hey, how come you didn't? He's like, you know, you are on a show. And she just, oh, my God, her answers were not good, first of all. She sounded so ridiculous. She basically was like, for whatever reason, this girl decided she wanted to fly to Maryland like, what are you talking about, Robin? You sound, like, so crazy right now. Like, this is embarrassing and mortifying. I can't believe, like, are we getting punked or is this really happening? Because I have so much secondhand embarrassment that I don't even want to see it anymore. And I never had a problem with the Dixons before, but pile on the... The lawsuit that's out there where Juan is named as not doing anything in a situation with his basketball player who was catfished and sexually assaulted by his assistant coach. Nobody's talking about that. But also, um, Michael Darby. I mean, not Michael Darby. <laughs> Juan's mistress. I keep saying, like, it was just Michael Darby disguising his voice. Um, but she talked to Giorgio says and said basically like, no, it was not me going there for another person. I was going there to see Juan and granted, like, I don't know that was really her. I don't know all the situation, but like, ugh, this is so embarrassing. And it's like, I'm offended now at this point by the Dixons. Like, don't, don't come to the table like this we're not having it we are not stupid don't insult us <laughs> right who's mad <laughs> i'm mad so hopefully i don't know what they're gonna do with robin we still have the reunion coming up and these fierce looks most of them i don't know now i'm starting to like not like them as much because now we've seen um miami's re reunion looks but I like the blue. Whatever. I'm going to move on. Okay. So Family Karma Season 3, Episode 13, Groom Zillow. Zillow. <laughs> I said Zillow. Groom Zilla. Episode description. With Amrit and Nicholas's wedding only days away, the Kapais prepare to meet Nicholas's parents for the first time. Monica faces the reality of her rocky relationship. Bali is shocked by her parents' proposition. 
The thing that bothered me the most that made me like so, so sad this episode was Nicholas saying that his sister won't go to the wedding because of her church. And I am mad. That makes me so angry because religion, I don't care what religion it is, it should never keep you from doing hurtful things to people you love. And if that's the case, are you in a healthy religion? Like, I just, it bothers me. And like, I was raised in a church as well. And I think maybe that's why it does make me angry. Because it's like, I've seen so much hypocrisy. So much, like, people being two-faced. And just, ugh. It's like, this is supposed to be a good thing. Religion is supposed to bring, like, happiness, joy, love, peace and to know that you won't even go to your brother's wedding because of your church boo 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 i don't like it um i'm sweating now because i'm all mad (laughs) but uh i know for sure that when we do see amra and nicholas's wedding i'm gonna be sobbing i will be sobbing um i just love 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 them and this past week, it was really sad because I also, I'm a hardcore Raj Vaswani stand. Love that man. And it was so hard to see. He's like, he was being very straightforward, very blunt with Monica about her relationship with Richie. And it was awful because she had to answer the questions honestly. And she it made her cry. And he just kept going in on her and like, I don't think he was trying to, like, hurt her intentionally, but he was trying to, like, look in the mirror. Like, <laughs> come on, girl, let's get it together. And, yeah, some people are like, oh, my God, that's so mean. Like, he's he cares about his daughter. He wants to point out the facts. And she's so lucky she has a dad like Raj Vaswani. Love, love, love him. Um... And Bali is shocked by her parents' proposition. I thought this was so funny because Bali's the one who's been like, oh, we don't have to, I don't have to move, you know, in with O'Malley or whatever. Like, I'm going to stay here with my parents. And they're like, you can go. (laughs) They kind of pulled a Mary Cosby on her. Like, you could go. Little girl. Just kidding. Not with that same energy. But Bali, I'm like shocked that Bali does want to stick around. It's like, Interesting. I don't know. But I guess maybe she has trauma from like being dependent on her first husband because it sounded like that was like very traumatic. Um, But I wish the best for them. I hope it turns out well. I'm going to move on to the next slide. We got Below Deck, Season 10, Episode 11, Frazzled. The episode description is Captain Sandy becomes increasingly annoyed with the interior and enlists Chef Rachel to help manage Fraser and his team. The crew start to see a different side of Alyssa. Ross begs his way out of the doghouse once again. Ugh. And sparks fly as Tony reveals a hidden talent that captures the attention of newly divorced charter guests. Oh my gosh. Um, Okay. Why was Captain Sandy so nice and patient and calm with Camille, who, like, 
just blatantly didn't do her job. But then when it comes to Fraser, she's just so short with him. And like, I think actually now I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like she wasn't as hard on him in the beginning of the season or when she first came on. But he is kind of defensive, too, at the same time. And I think she's getting annoyed by that. But I thought it was crazy that she came out. She's like, I can hear them. And, like, she just seemed annoyed by them and goes out and is like, somebody pull my linens from my bed. Like, it felt very evil stepmom-like. Like Cinderella. And I just didn't like that. It felt like she had, like, a vendetta against them or something like a bone to pick with them and it's like we get it you love we get it you love your your deck team whatever oh yeah is, is there something i love <laughs> I'm like seeing something on my face in the video and it's bothering me okay <laughs> sorry about that but yeah what is captain sandy's deal and also like does fraser deserve this and so I did a poll because I saw tweets where people were like Captain Sandy's so mean I'm like yeah that was kind of mean but at the same time I'm like Fraser is he a good chief stew and everyone's like he's so good he's so good and you can see from the results on the poll I did a poll on IG and on Twitter and everyone's saying yes and I think y'all are being Nice. Like, I love Fraser, but he clearly has some work to do on the management part. Like, he's literally running around everywhere and not delegating. And it seems like exactly what the episode is called, frazzled. And you got Rachel stepping in and having to work with Alyssa one-on-one and, like, teaching her things that she's like, when you, you know, when we have service, you have to do this or on a super yacht. And then you got Lissa's attitude coming out. And it's like, Fraser should be on top of that. And Rachel should be able to lean on Fraser to be like, hey, you know, like I need, these are the expectations for X, Y, and Z. I need your t- team to get in line. And that's where he goes and communicates with them and monitors and makes sure that's, that's what managing is. So, um, what else? Ross. Oh, my God, Ross. Why does anyone like this guy? He's 38. He is an imbecile. I don't know. Like, I can't believe this girl is falling for his crap. And he's just like, mm-mm. Like, ah. It was so gross to watch. And it worked. She fell for it. That was gross. Um, oh, my God. I, I'm gross. Um, stuff coming out of my face. Get it together, Jenny. Okay. So, um, what else? Oh, Tony. I thought this was so funny. Tony out of nowhere is like, yeah, I used to be a fire, like a fire dancer. And he just starts like whipping it out. I'm like, oh my God. That's like. That was pretty crazy. He just said it so, like, nonchalantly. Like, oh, yeah, I used to be a fire dancer. He was really good. Um, But before I move on, I did also write a blog post on this episode because I was listening to this book on leadership this week, and they're talking about having humility. And I thought, 
you know, they're saying like all good leaders, successful leaders should have humility. If you don't, then you're giving off arrogance and that doesn't do well when you're managing a team or a business or whatever. And so I really love that Chef Rachel, she like, she showed humility. She was like, listen, Captain Sandy gave me some feedback and even I think it was last week where she was making comments about Ross, like Ross was so blackout drunk and embarrassing. She's like, well, I can't really say anything because, you know, then they flash back to her first season. But you've seen her grow. And that's what I love about Chef Rachel is that, like, she's admitted it. She's taken accountability and she has humility. And then it got me thinking about Captain Sandy. I'm like, does Captain Sandy ever show humility? And then I was like, wait, but should a captain on a super yacht, should they show humility? Captain Lee kind of did, right? When he was like, listen, I I wish I could do this job. I just can't. That was humility, right? So, yeah. Has Captain Sandy shown, shown humility? I don't think so. If anyone knows of a time, please let me know. All right, let's move on to The Real Housewives of New Jersey, the season 13 premiere, New Friends, Same Jersey. The episode description is when Melissa throws an 80s-inspired roller skating party. <sighs> I have a comment about that. Teresa takes the opportunity to mend fences with Margaret, but not her brother. While Dolores draws boundaries with Frank and her new man, Jennifer struggles to move forward from past offenses. Things come to a head at Dolores' charity calendar shoot, where Jennifer and Dolores finally confront each other, leaving heads turned and car doors slamming. Okay, so a lot going on. First of all, I thought it was so funny. Melissa's like, I'm throwing an 80s inspired party. If anyone knows Melissa Gorga, they know I love 80s. And I'm like, I've never heard her say anything about 80s like ever. I don't recall, but that was funny. Um, Teresa went up to Margaret to invite her over. So that was nice. Probably more than she deserved. But, um, and, you know, Joey Gorga is being Joey Gorga, just like pouting, like, oh, my sister doesn't even talk to me. Um, so whatever. And, but then this whole Dolo, Dolores and Jennifer Aiden, it's like hurting my heart to see them not get along and it's just I don't know Dolores has a new boyfriend Polly huge red flag she was saying um she goes Polly just he's very like if you're my woman then you're mine or something I don't know it was like red flag galore and I'm like does she hear herself is anyone like this is not normal but We'll see. I don't know. And Frank has a new girlfriend who's 33, I think. And Frank is, how old is Frank, 58? No. Is he? Oh, my gosh. Anyways, whatever. Um. Yeah, so they have this calendar shoot, which I thought was funny. It's cool, whatever. Um, but then Jennifer and Dolores get in a fight, and it hurt my heart. Ugh. It'll be interesting to see how things go. Oh, one other thing that happened on this premiere episode that I think is an unpopular opinion is I like Louie. Sorry. <laughs> Don't hate me. 
I, okay, so I do a lot of like cognitive behavioral therapy. If it has to do with anything helping depression, anxiety, ADHD, just self-improvement, I've probably tried it. And it seems like Louie is using cognitive behavioral therapy techniques with Teresa and it's working and it's amazing to see and it makes me, I like him. Like, I don't see, people are saying like, oh, Louis so controlling, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, he he was help mediating this situation. And I think Teresa, Margaret may think, oh, she doesn't care. But I think Teresa does care because why would she even put in the energy? And why would, like, she, I feel like she would just be like, whatever. I mean, look how she is with Melissa and <laughs> Joe. She doesn't even talk to them. So... I don't know. I'm here for Louie. I hope I don't regret it, but we'll see. Um, Teresa has a podcast called Namaste Bitches with Melissa Feaster. And on their episode, she said, and I loved how she said it too. She was like, I gave birth on this show. I went to prison on the show. I got divorced on the show. I got married on the show. I buried my parents on the show. This is what I've done. And her story is, I didn't return a message. That's her storyline. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I guess um, some texts were leaked from Louie to um, Melissa and Joe begging them to go to Teresa's 50th birthday party. Um, where everything was paid for, everything was taken care of. She really wanted them to go, and they were just like, no, 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 whatever. Um, and again, I like Louie. I like how he handled this situation. He was just like, he was very open and like welcoming, like, let's move forward, let's heal. And they were just like, no, no, no. So I don't know. I don't want to sound biased. I, I, that's just my opinion, I guess. <laughs> Um, yes, and I, so before Namaste Bitches even came out, I didn't know that Melissa was going to be doing the podcast with Teresa, and she came, she announced it right after she agreed to be on my show, and so I have an episode with her where she talks about, you know, before they launched their Namaste Bitches podcast, so go check that out, link is in the show notes. Okay, Vanderpump. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Season 10 premiere Vanderpump Rules Breaking Bubba's. So the episode description is in the season 10 premiere, Katie and Schwartz attempt to maintain a friendship in the wake of their recent divorce. Lala finds herself reeling after shocking allegations are levied at her ex fiance. James introduces new girlfriend Allie to the rest of the group, but when his sobriety comes into question, he has an answer to Lisa Vanderpump. Tensions between Schwartz and Lala bubble over when one of them commits the ultimate act of betrayal. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. I just need to say congratulations to Vanderpump Rules for reaching their 10th season. I don't know if this is in the Bravo handbook that doesn't exist, but... You could tell they got an upgrade on production, and I'm loving it. I love the production upgrade. It makes it look so sexy. Makes it look so, ugh, I just love it. It, like, adds to the to the drama. That's so nice. I love it. Um, 
Yeah, and it's okay. So this season, people have been saying like, "Oh, Vanderpump is dying, whatever." But I think it's coming back this season, and we see big things are happening, big changes. Katie and Schwartz, we've never seen them single before. Oh my god, I got Chelsea. <laughs> we've never seen them single before, and I have to say. When they were together, Schwartz always looked like such a good guy. Like, he always came out looking like the innocent one, right? Like, oh, Katie's just mad all the time. And Tequila Katie, she's rage texting, blah, blah, blah. Like, now that they're not together, I feel like Schwartz is not looking so great as far as, like, his behavior. Like, Katie may get some vindication from this. And I'm so here for a single Katie. Like, I, I just, ugh, I love her. I want to see her thrive. I want to see Tom Schwartz thrive as well. And I, I still like him. I, I have no issues with him. But he's just got some questionable be behavior lately. And I think it's part of what broke up Katie and Tom, you know, in the first place, like it's his lack of, he doesn't take a stand on anything. Like he is just like a whatever guy. Like he played pickleball with Randall after that article came out. And I did a, I did an episode with allegedly Bravo, two lawyers after that article came out. It was long. It was so long. I didn't even get to read it all but the stuff in there about Randall is really bad and it is kind of weird that Schwartz did hang out with like I can see Schwartz being like oh you know I'm gonna pass on pickleball maybe next time you know or something like that but to actually go play with him after that I would I don't know I would feel kind of like a certain way about it. I'd be like, I don't know if this is right or wrong. Like it doesn't feel right. I would probably like, if I didn't know, which I could see Tom being like, well, I don't know if it's true or whatever. Like if you don't know for sure, like maybe just err on the side of caution and not go and, and like hang out when things settle down or something. I don't know. It just felt like so unnecessary, like for a pickleball, and that's where, like, I do see Lala's side, where she's like, <laughs> Lala's just so funny. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with her. But I see her being like, for pickleball, really? Like, that part I get. But then for her to make such, the, like, strict demands of her friends when she doesn't really reciprocate, that's really disappointing. And, like, it's hard to back her up when we know that about her like we know she just confessed that her and James hooked up when Lala was with Randall and when James was with Raquel in the beginning of their relationship and that's I get it like Lala's like oh I don't care anymore I'm done with Randall and oh you're done with Raquel but like dude that shows your character that shows that like I don't know it says a lot and I don't know. I want to believe that Lala is going to come out a better person. Like, this is no joke, like, what she's going through. But also at the same time, like, 
they were doing flashbacks of red flags and signs. And it's like, yeah, you did kind of, we, we all knew. And like, somehow we were convinced. I remember being like, maybe it's not a big deal because Lala seems to be fine. And even I was manipulated at one point. Cause I was like, in the beginning when they first came out, I'm like, clearly this is what it is. And then she somehow convinced me and I'm sure other viewers, a lot of us that like, oh no, there's nothing wrong here. And then this happens and I'm like, oh, I'm not surprised. And then it's like, wait, Lala, you did know about this stuff. Like, it's hard. I don't know. At the last reunion, she was like, he made me feel safe enough to bring a child into this world. And that part I felt so sad for because I'm like, yeah, that's really messed up. But at the same time, like, but were you lying to yourself or like, I don't know. She She's trying to play like this big victim, but it's like you also have to take accountability for your own actions as well. And like, I'm not saying she deserves any of this by any means. It's like for her to act like such a victim just feels like, I don't know, it doesn't sit right. So I did a poll. <laughs> Has Lala changed? This one was different. Okay, so on Instagram, we got 63% saying, yes, Lala has changed. And then on Twitter, we got 60% saying no. And I added it all up. Let me see. Because um, I had to do a little bit of math to figure out if I pulled them all together and did one poll, what would the percentage be? And it was like 50, 58% said yes. So it's still not like a huge landslide. People are saying yes more than they're saying no. But I don't even know who Lala is. So I don't even know if she's changed. Like I don't know who she is. She's like kind of bamboozled us a little bit, right? I don't know. But... I know James is not Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Innocent, you know, model, citizen of the year or anything. He's had his very, very vile moments and a lot of things that I think are horrific. However, I just cannot quit him. I love him more all the time. And <clears throat> what's funny is that as much as I love James... I still don't think he would be like a good boyfriend. <laughs> and I also don't agree with a lot of his actions. And I don't know, but I just love him. Like, I feel like he does give give us vulnerability. But then he goes and does, he makes mistakes, but he's also human. I don't know. Like, there's so much. And I'm just like, I'm torn with him. But I don't know. I can't stop with the... Go, 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 Because that was so funny when Ellie was like, you know, he's just fast. He has like a fast-paced life. You can see James DJing. Go, 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 go. I just loved it. I love him. I got problems. I also am toxic. I would probably be scared to be friends with James Kennedy, though, because when he gets mad, he says really hurtful and mean things and that's what I would be afraid of it's like Candace like I love her Candace from Potomac but I would be so afraid to be friends with her 
because I'd be scared. She'd just read me for filth whenever she wants, and I'd probably just die. So, um, yes. I don't know. Um, Ariana, people are, like, hating on Ariana and Sandoval. I don't know why people still keep trying to attack them. Leave them alone. They're happy. Who cares? They're not bothering anyone. People are so obsessed with, like, trying to make their relationship be, like, corrupt or something. It's like, whatever, dude. Oh, but one thing I wanted to say about James Kennedy. Oh, shoot. Did I get my... Okay, so I had a licensed substance abuse counselor, G. Scott Graham, on my show last year. It was after the last season of Vanderpump Rules. And I wanted to talk to him about sobriety, about addiction. And I was asking him these questions. And I gave him the whole story. He doesn't watch <laughs> Bravo or Vanderpump Rules. So I told him we use James as like a case study, obviously under... Understanding that, you know, he's not, James isn't anyone's client. Like, this is just for educational entertainment purposes, whatever. So we were just talking about James's story and how he quit alcohol. And he was like, wow, he's shocked that James quit alcohol. And I was like, and then we got to the point about weed, Raquel wanting him to quit weed. And I said, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, James should quit. But I don't know if James should quit. I'm California sober. And like, what's the big deal? You know, like I but then again, like it's different for everyone. And I understand that. And that's what we talked to. And I was like, well, what is the definition of addiction? Because you can be addicted to sugar. You could be addicted to caffeine. Does that mean if you're one of those people in the Starbucks line, you should have people yelling at you and calling the cops on you saying that you're a drug addict? Like, Let's have some perspective here, people. Like, James quit alcohol. Why does he have to quit weed? He said it helps him be more creative, helps him focus better, helps him, he feels better. Like, what's the problem? So, at the end of the episode, I asked, um, okay, so, do you think James should quit weed? And the answer was, only James can answer that question. And I thought that was, like, so profound, and I really love that because I'm like, you're right, because a lot of, like, our internal battle of, like, oh, this is bad, or I'm not supposed to be doing this, or should I do this, it comes from outside judgment. And that's how I was feeling with, you know, using medical marijuana, being a medical marijuana patient, and being a mother to young children and older children, like, there's so much judgment. Even my friends from that I've known since kindergarten have judgment. And it hurts me. It it bothers me because I don't want people to judge me and say I'm a bad mother when I know I'm not doing anything wrong. And that's the part that I've had to work on overcoming is being okay with people judging me because I know I... I am healthy. I know my body. I know that, like, I don't want to be smoking weed every day, all day, anyways. And I don't do that. But, like, do I want to do that for the rest of my life? I actually don't even really like smoking. Like, the act of actually smoking, I wish I could just, like, take that part away. But but someday, my goal is to live off of sunshine and raindrops. Like, that's the dream, right? But... Life isn't that effing easy. So until then, I'm going to continue 
medicating as I see fit for my best interest, for the health of myself and for the best interests of my children. Because you can't be a good mom if you're not healthy. I mean, I guess you could. Whatever. Anyways. I got to, I just have this picture of James Kennedy and I because I love him so much. (laughs) But I got the chance to tell James Kennedy the story of, you know, this episode I did with the licensed substance abuse counselor. And I told, I got to tell him in person and he, his response was so sweet. He seemed truly like authentically, genuinely gracious and he even like he was modeling I was like can I get a I felt weird asking but well not really I didn't feel that weird but I asked him for a picture and I could tell like he was like he needed a break like he walked in the SVIP room so fast and lucky for me like I have that kind of energy sometimes too so I was like I just darted over to him but um he like even posed with me and was like yeah yeah and I met his Girlfriend, Allie, she's so sweet. I even got to meet her mom, and her mom was so, so sweet. Her mom is a can of mom as well. Um, Loved it. James is back to drinking, and we talked about that a little bit because he was like, as I told him this story, he literally had a drink in his hand. But I was like, that's fine. Like, the point is, like, only you know you can, (laughs) you know, like, if you have a problem. And so, which is easier said than done for people who have addiction problems. And I hope that James just, you know, does whatever is best for him. But at the same time, like, I don't want to put any pressure on him, you know, like he's a human. I'm human. I got issues. We got issues. So I'm going to move on. Oh, also I have uh Schwartz and Sandy's non unofficial t-shirts that I made before Schwartz and Sandy's actually got their logo. And as a joke, I thought it was funny if I put Katie Schwartz was here on the back. And so it's still on the shirt on my shop. And I feel so sad about it, but I also kind of love it because like now the shirt means more, I feel like to me. I don't know. I love it. But if you want to go check that out, um, there's a link in the show notes. I'm going to move on to Real Housewives of Miami, season five, episode 13. Brujeria in the Bahamas. Episode description. Peacock has like the shortest episode descriptions. The ladies head to the Bahamas and get wild. Alexia and Adriana get real about their relationship. Um. Oh, so Nicole. Okay. I know I've had my issues with Nicole. I question her, her wealth. And not from, coming from a bad place. It's more from a place of trauma after Chen Shaw and Erica Jane. But I have to say, I will give props where props are due. And that trip looks amazing. Like, she hooked it up. That's how I want to roll. That's how I like to roll. So, big ups to Dr. Nicole. (laughs) I hope it's not fraudulent. I really hope it's not fraudulent. Um, What else happens? Of course, Lisa, you know, is upset about Lenny. I think everyone... I, I think they're doing a good job of you know, like creating an environment for her to kind of feel safe, but also be distracted. So I like that for them. But I, it broke my heart when Lisa was talking about Logan. I want to cry right now. Poor Logan. I, I don't, 
how old is Logan? I feel so sad for him. He's like, I don't like marriage. I don't like, I don't want to do that. Like, oh, it's so, so sad. But also, I, I did start crying when Julia started talking about adopting a baby and telling Gertie and Gertie, they were talking. She started crying. I was like, oh, I might cry again. Oh, I love them. And then who else? Uh, Loving Kiki. Oh, problematic. (laughs) I don't know. I have no authority on this topic, but people are saying that Larsa is problematic for her box braids, which reminded me of Jen Shaw. But um, I don't know. What are the rules, guys? What are the rules? I don't know. She said she's been doing it since she was little, so I don't know. Whatever. Um, Alexia. Oh, it was kind of interesting. We get to see Alexia not with Marisol finally. And I think uh, right in the last minute, Marisol shows up right when they're talking about her too. It's funny. But I kind of do want to see Alexia and Marisol separated more because I think we can see, get to know Alexia a little bit more. And maybe if she's apart from Marisol, she might not feel so stern. Like she seems very set in her ways. And I feel like if she's on her own, she might be able to break down that wall a little bit and get further with people in in their friendships. Okay, I'm going to move on. Um... So I haven't been watching Million Dollar Listing LA the way that I used to, but I did, and like I slacked in the beginning of the season, but I've been like kind of watching in the last few weeks. And last night, oh my God, I was dying because one of my most favorite Bravo moments of all, all time that lives rent-free in my head is the moment when Josh Altman and Josh Flagg were arguing over a house. They were like fighting over a developer as their client or whatever. And they're outside. And Josh Flagg is just sitting there like with his hands in his pockets. And Altman's going off on him. And he's like, you should be, what did he say? You're, oh man, I don't have, I posted it on my Instagram. But he's like, says something like, how can you look your grandmother in the face who built an empire from nothing and flag just slaps him right across the face. It's like, you don't talk about my grandmother. And I'll never forget that moment. And last night, the new episode this week, they're talking about this house and they're like, Oh yeah, that's from the developer. They show the developer. I'm like, wait, I know this guy. I've seen him before. And then flag shows up and he's like, they're like, wait a minute. Is this the house? It Ten years later, they're at the house trying to sell the house that they originally sold way back where the slap happened. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so great. And then another great part of this episode was Flag going and seeing this old Hollywood mansion. It was massive. And it was just, like, historic. He's I didn't know he's part of, like, some historic preservation society or whatever. And it was so cool like to see those kind of places still intact I kind of somebody mentioned like they would totally watch Josh Flagg just going through like old houses like that I think I would too like it was so cool 
Um, but other than that, oh my gosh, so much. We're, oh my God, it's an hour and 20 minutes already? Uh, well, I want to thank you all for joining. We had a lively chat today. Thank you so much, everyone who's here. Um, I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do next. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, subscribe, review, share, like, and or leave a five-star rating. It's incredibly appreciated and helps the show to continue to grow. Make sure you're subscribed and turn on notifications so you can be updated when we go live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern for Cannabis Mom Boss and every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern for Bravo and Blaze. Stay lit, fam.